0: What a presence of the Lord we sense in here today. Hope you join us tonight. It'll be a great time. Show you some of the wonderfully talented people tonight. I'm not one of them. I just love the Lord. I love to sing and it's it's going to be wild. And and my uh my range max is like F, the key of F always. No matter what the song is, I'm singing it in F. It comes out in R sharp, but I think I'm singing it in F. It's a wonderful time, in the presence of the Lord tonight. Don't forget. And then next week, uh, we have our annual business meeting. If you're a member, we we know that you will be here. But if you're not a member, we invite non-members to the annual business meeting. You say, that's weird. You say, yeah, I know, but I want you to see the vision of this house. I want you to feel the atmosphere here, the excitement of faith of what God is doing, what he has done, and what he's going to do in the future. Because we are, and we're on the move. We're on the move. So please join us. We'll have lunch. We're going to have Pastor's Famous Chili. Boy, all of you at home are going to come Sunday, and we're going to know it's just because of the chili. We're going to know it's because of the chili. Anyway, we're going to have Pastor's Famous Chili and some baked potatoes and all the trimmings that go with that. It's going to be a good time. We're also giving money to our mission this summer. We're going to Louisiana. We didn't go last year. Because of the pandemic, and we think it's lifted enough for us to go this year. Going to be all right. And so, be ready for next weekend. It's going to be a great time. And then, of course, go Chiefs. I am a uh, officially a bona fide Chiefs fan. After last weekend, after the Saints lost, yeah. then I switched over. I think they call that fair weather fan. I'm not sure what they call that, but uh, I'm happy to be able to to be a Chiefs fan. Second place in my heart. Uh First place in the nation. <laughs> Second place in my heart. And I think they're going to take care of old Brady. God bless him. He heard us. I hope they heard him. No, I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I don't want nobody to get hurt. But I'm glad you're here, and uh, we're going to look at the last sermon in this series. We could talk about prayer for 365 days, 52 weeks, right? We could go through prayer series forever and ever and never, never will we exhaust what the Word of God has to say about pray, prayer and praying. But we've been concentrating on the praying church, and the effective of prayer is what we want to deal with today in our series. Excuse me, we looked at what happened when the church prays together. And we learned, first of all, uh, about relating to God. Prayer is relating to God, first and foremost, right? Prayer is relating to God. Many times in our culture, very Americanized culture, very self-centered, selfish, we are praying where most of the time we're thinking about our need and not his grace, but our goods, not his grace. Are y'all hearing me? And so we really want to focus in today to find out uh, what the real issue is it is also about seeing results that honor god's will on earth You know when we pray Our father ward in heaven Holy is your name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? It's about god's will being accomplished on planet earth and sometimes we get messed up there we want our will to be done on earth. And, uh, and so we, it, it kind of leads us in our motives and prayer away from the original intent of God's word. So God gives us, uh, his word to help us. And so when you pray, God listens and when you listen, God talks. And when you believe God works, amen. And so Melissa says all the time, she's quite the intercessor. That's her gift intercessory prayer. And she Often says, if you'll be quiet enough, God has a lot to say. God has a lot to say, but we don't have time or we don't quiet ourselves from our own needs all the time to concentrate on what the Lord wants to say to us. And so we're going to look at this today, James five sixteen. I want to read more than just that. I'd like to start in verse 13, prayer of faith. Is any one of you in trouble? Well, you answer that for yourself today, Okay. If anybody in trouble, he should pray. Is anybody happy? I like that. Well, let him pray. Let him sing songs of praise. Is anybody sick among you? You should call the elders of the church to pray over you and anoint you with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. How many glad the Lord can take care of sin? Therefore, confess your sins to each other. That's unique, right? To each other and pray for each other so that you you may be healed. And here's our text. The prayer, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much That's King James. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective, effective prayer. So we've talked about praying together. That was our theme. It is going to be our theme together all the way through. How I many know we're going to make it through 2021 together? Together. I don't know about you, but there's never been a time where I appreciated being part of a church than today. You know, if you don't really have needs, you don't really need the church. But, boy, when you get a need, you're looking for somebody to agree in prayer with you. Amen? So prayer. A praying church sticks together. And... Uh, It avails much. There's power in effective prayer. Prayer is a privilege. It's a desire. It's not just a duty or a discipline. Many times we uh, we treat prayer as though it's a discipline, something we have to work for. But the attitude and the motive of our prayer should be more relational than mechanical. Are y'all hearing me today? It needs to be more relational. It's about God. It's about God. It's not about our answers getting met. It's about talking and listening to God so God gives us his word and helps us to understand he's his whole point in James is is uh, Prayer is, is is all about God. It's not the prayer or the answer to prayer. It's about the answerer Even people in Pentecostal circles are so caught up in receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit. They forget about the giver I mean, know it's a giver that gives the gift and in prayer in prayer, it's the answerer that we need to be talking to and listening to and getting the right mind with, getting in alignment with him, his will, and his word as opposed to just getting my needs met. And it's really important that we catch this. Hope you're taking notes, and uh, hopefully we can go through this because in all of the word of God, it's about seeing results as well that honor God's will, right? But God's word is filled with uh, conditions for answered prayer. That's why it becomes effective. Can't just just fly off and say anything. There are conditions to prayer. And there's conditions to answer prayer. While, you know, uh, Chronicles 7.14, you know that. If my people, I mean, all the little I-if is half of life, L-I-F, I-F is half of life, L-I-F-E. If my people, if, right there, that word if is small, but it has power to it if my people will humble themselves and pray it's conditional don't pray lord won't move you don't he won't are y'all hearing me today it's conditional god wants to partner with us he can do anything some people say well why pray because god wants a relationship with us More than your comfort, more than your circumstances changing, more than your convenience, he wants a relationship with you and me. That's what he really wants. And so it's important that we get this. He is the whole point. Prayer must line up with God's will and his word. It's it's important. We have this confidence. John 5, 1 John 5 says we have this confidence in him, not in prayer, not in faith, not in feelings, our confidence is in God. Amen. It's just like in math. It's just like Mark 11, 22. have faith in God. But a lot of people today are having faith in faith. You hear about faith healers, right? And they, and they take all the credit and, and they, and if you don't get an answer to prayer, you didn't have enough faith. How I many know oh, that's faith in faith? What we're talking about here is faith in God. Effective praying is faith in God, not faith in faith. It's certainly not faith in feelings because we don't walk by our feelings. We walk by faith, not by sight, right? We walk in faith with God, right? So it's not in faith in feelings. It's not faith in faith. It's not even faith in prayer. It's faith in God. Because I know a lot of people, Max, pray often and more often than I do to gods that are not even God. They're praying to God's and boy, are they faithful. I mean, they're praying around the clock to a God that does not even exist. Oh, I wish somebody would help me preach today. I feel it. I feel it. You don't have to respond. I'm going to still preach anyway. Okay. And so here's the important thing I want you to get. Write this down. God gives commands and promises. The word of God is filled with commands and promises. And the promises are conditioned on obedience to the command. Say, Pastor, show me. Show me. Well, you go through the Gospels, Jesse. All through the Gospels, there's a command given, right? And then there's an answer to the prayer. Like the feeding of the 5,000, right? I believe the Lord could have fed all 15,000 people with just one spoken word. How many believe God can do whatever he wants to do? So why did he, don't worry about that. That's our heater. It's getting fixed tomorrow. Somebody say glory to God. Write a check, okay? Don't complain. Just throw money. We'll fix it. Praise the Lord for those of you who have given toward that project. I appreciate that. Tomorrow they're coming to fix the heater. And um, and um, uh, it may be something we ought to leave there just to keep you awake. Keep the church alive. Keep the church alive. Amen. <laughs> but here, feeding of the 15,000. They didn't know what to do. Peter said, I don't have anything. How many of you have ever gone to God and said, I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't have anything. There's no money. There's no way it's going to happen. I don't know how I'm going to get do this. I don't know how I'm going to do that. I don't know how we're going to get there. Uh, just There's nothing. There's no more resources. And then what we do is we lose hope. We don't always lose our faith. We lose our hope. Man, when you lose hope, though, boy, you lose a big deal. You almost want to give up, right, your faith because you lost hope. But he tells them what to do. He says, no, 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 no. He said, uh, what do you have? I wish somebody'd help me preach this morning. What do you have? He said, well, you know, Andrew looks around. He said, well, this guy here, little boy has a little bag of lunch, looks, looking at, uh, <laughs> five, five loaves of bread or, uh, five fish, two loaves of bread, whichever it was, right? Not much. Five, it's, it's not much. It's enough to little boy to have lunch and go home. So they look at the natural. Instead of the supernatural. How many know that's not effective praying. When you're looking at the natural instead of the supernatural. You're not going to see how it's ever going to come together. How are we going to feed 15,000 people. With two fish and five loaves of bread. How? It's impossible. But with God all things are possible. I said with God all things are possible. So they the Lord uh, he he he's so awesome. He's so awesome. He's the leader and the manager. I mean, sometimes people are leaders and then other people are managers. But Jesus, he's I mean, oh, he's everything. He's Lord, so he's the leader and the manager. As a leader, he said, "You, you sit them down." As a manager, he said, "This is how you do it. Sit them down in groups of 50s and 100s." As a manager, he's managing people. As a leader, he said, "Now you give them something to eat." I don't know how it really happened, but um, every time they went into the bag, more came out. How many he's how many believe he's more than enough? I don't know if you just have a big old pile of fish and bread came out and everybody ate it, uh came up and got I don't know how the mechanics of it worked. All I know is at the end of the story, it said everybody had enough to eat, and they were full. But the command was you give it to them. The promise doesn't come until after you obey the command. It was as they went, it was as they went and gave the fish and the bread that the miracle happened. Are y'all hearing me? The wedding at Cana of Galilee was the first miracle Jesus did. And they ran out of wine. Remember that? Uh, the Lord, uh, Mary came to her her son and said, uh, you got to do something. He said, it's not my time. Mama said, yes, it is. I mean, if mama says, yes, it is, Jesus said, okay, Mama. I'm not sure how that went down, but he, he said, uh, you tell your servants to fill the water pot. That's the command. Are y'all getting any of this? If the servants wouldn't have filled the water pot, but they could have said all kinds of things, doubt and confusion, unbelief. They could have missed out on the miracle by saying, we don't need water. Jesus, we need wine. But the command was fill the water pots. Fill the water pots. So they fill the water pots and the miracle was done because they obeyed the command. They got the promise. Acts chapter 1, God commanded them to wait and pray. To do what? Receive the promise. Had the Had the 120 not waited and prayed, maybe they wouldn't have received the promise. So I don't think the problem is on God's end. How many know the problem's got to be on our end? We obey if my people humble themselves and pray. And seek my face. And turn from their wicked way. Then will. He said. "I uh, Will you hear from heaven. I will hear you. I will forgive your sin. And heal your land. Conditional. You do this. I'll do this. It's because God wants to partner in the miracle. I wonder if there anybody here today. Say I could use a miracle. A couple of Just one. Just one. Well sister. We'll see if we can get that miracle done today. Because God is interested in answering prayer. Does anybody believe that? So we receive the promise of the Father. And when we pray together, we're obeying the call of Jesus in Mark 11:17. It is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer. If there's one thing the church ought to be doing in the 21st century, it is getting back to effective praying personally and corporately. And so that's what we've been talking about. The command uh, is to wait and pray. And the miracle comes when we obey, Right. So it's not just a discipline it's a desire. when we pray together we it's a privilege we are relating to our relationship with God and responding to god's invitation to be with him jeremiah thirty three three He said, "Call on me," and I will answer what's the command Call on me what's the promise? I will answer. Are you getting that?" It's important that you get that motif, that you understand that theme. Because it's from the beginning of the word of God to the end of the word of God. Right? Peter, cast your net on the other side. That's the command. But Lord, I fished all night. It doesn't matter. How many know if the Lord gives you a command, you obey. And if you obey, the promise is just around the corner. So the effective prayer of righteous people avails much. It's powerful. All we have to do is pray, call on the Lord, and He will answer. And I'll tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. See, our problem is in the natural: is we want to know everything. How many detailed people here? Let me see a hand if you're a detailed person. You want to know everything. I mean, God can talk to you, but you want to hear. Fill in the blanks, Lord. Fill in the blanks, please. I'm OCD, Lord. Don't you know that you made me? But we have to have all the blanks filled in. And you know, it's the blanks in our spirit, man, and in our mind that Satan attacks. Satan attacks the blank spots. And he brings doubt, confusion, and unbelief. So we have to believe by faith. If God said it, does anybody believe God can do it? Of course he can. So, so the promise... Is that he will answer if we will pray. And we learn that our praying should be tied to faith. In other words, we expect God to hear us and answer. In our text this morning, we look at James, he's the whole point of the text is prayer is effective. James is is he said, if anybody is suffering, if anybody's in trouble, that's that's all inclusive. Don't tell me the gospel is not inclusive. If anybody is in sin, how I many all they have to do is call on the name of the Lord and they will be saved. You have the same promise as all of us. Call and he will answer, right? If anybody's in trouble, if you're an alcoholic, if you're a drug addict, I mean, oh, there's hope in Jesus Christ. Call on the Lord and you shall be saved. This is not uninclusive. It's all inclusive. Every nation, tribe, and tongue, every person has a right to come before the Lord and ask and seek and knock, and the Lord will answer. It takes you asking, seeking, and knocking. It has to be a relationship with God. So James is saying, if anybody's unhappy or happy, sick or in trouble, suffering. In every case, James encourages us to pray. Why? Because prayer to God in faith is effective. God hears. Does anybody believe God still hears us? Our God is not deaf. He's not confused. He's not on vacation. I love when Elijah, and we'll talk about him in a second. Elijah was on Mount Carmel with the, with the 850 prophets of Baal, right? Uh, and, Ashtore, and he's And he has this showdown on the mountain to see who's really God. And he gives them a chance to go first. And they're screaming, they're crying, and they're cutting themselves and dancing and all kinds of charades. I mean, oh, the Lord's not impressed with all of that. Thank God for passionate praying. But how many ever got sincere and serious with God and hardly could ever hear your voice? Yeah, it's not about your posture or your position. It's not about your personality. It's about the person Jesus Christ. If you pray in the name of Jesus, anything's possible. We're praying to God the Father in the name of his Son. That's the access. That is the ticket. That's how you do this, Right? That's the model and the mandate. It's not, it's not mechanical. It's not mystical. It's about the merciful God we serve. Is anybody glad his mercies are new every morning? He will never stop blessing, healing, touching. But James makes it very clear in verse 16, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful. It's effective. Right? His concern is not our posture or personality. It's prayer. Praying to God is effective. Verse 17 comes to make the point even stronger. He says, Elijah uh, Elijah was a man of like passions or of the same nature as you and me. That's what he's saying. And, he's, and he says, um, um, he prayed fervently or with passion, prayed sincerely. And, and what, is, what does Elijah have to do with our praying, Pastor? What does this have to do with our prayer? Elijah... Was, what did he mean that if we were a prophet of God, as spiritual and awesome as Elijah, that God would hear our prayers? Absolutely not. What he was saying was, Elijah's just like me and you. Ordinary people who call on an extraordinary God. Amen. You don't have to be, you don't have to be a prophet or a Bible scholar. All you have to do is call on God. And God will hear us. That's his point said, hey, Elijah was a man of like passions, just like us. So we should be like Elijah to pray? No. Prayer is affected not because a great man or woman prays, but because a great God who graciously hears and responds to our prayers. That's the ticket here. we got to get this motif together, the commands and the promises. So many times we don't want to uh, adhere to any commands. I'll tell you, this culture today doesn't want to be told what to do. Everybody's got their rights. Nobody humbly submitting to nobody. But it's important that, that we submit, right? We surrender to God. God is the main ingredient of effective praying. I wish somebody would help me preach. So with all that said, we understand that it, it is also important to see results. Okay? So therefore, if you're going to see re- results, that scripture is important. It starts with a relationship with God. It starts with a relationship with God. Amen? If you don't have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, it's going to be tough. And there's a lot of people doing a lot of praying, but they have no relationship with God. And they wonder, why is their life in a mess? Because you have to sincerely, humbly devote yourself to the Lord Jesus Christ. It's all about relating to God. It's talking and listening. I told you last week, I believe it was, and Melissa and I, in our dating, we would talk. I was three hours away. We'd talk on the phone. My phone bill was $400 a month. My dad said, you need to move back. It's cheaper for you to get an apartment and to talk on the phone with Melissa. I said, would you pay for the apartment too? Then I'm in. Dad's wheel is done. <laughs> we always want somebody else to pay for it, right? But prayer is effective. we got to know that it's communicating to the person you love, which is the Lord. Does anybody here love the Lord this morning? So your prayer life is only as close and as effective as your relationship with God. That's why many years ago I stopped asking people if they were a Christian. I quit quit that. Because everybody's a Christian. Everybody's a Christian. At least in America, everybody's a Christian. Are you a Christian? Absolutely. Absolutely. Except this one lady at Burger King one day, I asked her, I said, you got a great smile. You seem so happy. Are you a Christian? She said, absolutely not. I'm a Catholic. I said, bless God, she has no idea about her theology whatsoever. So I stopped asking him, said, on your scale of 1 to 10, how close are you to Jesus? 10 being very close and 1 being very far away. I mean, no, that's a better scale of knowing where somebody is spiritually than that generic idea that I'm a Christian, right? So God can love your heart and your sincerity, but it has to be scriptural praying, right? To see results, our praying must come to... true. Praying always aligns with the scriptures. And so we just said it a minute ago. This is the confidence we have in him, in God, that if we ask any anything according to his will, he hears us. And we know that if he hears us, it's really all about him, Right. The word of God and the will of God are the same thing. Never are they in contradiction. So, verse 15, if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we'll have what he asks of him if we're asking in his will, according to the scriptures. You know, And we lived in the day and the timing of uh, of pink Cadillacs. God, give me a pink Cadillac. Right? Remember that? Name it, claim it, blab it, grab it. Had no idea what we were talking about. We just wanted success. We didn't want sacrifice or surrender or submission. And so effective prayer is earnest prayer that is in agreement with God's will and is offered in faith and obedience to his commands. So there are characteristics of effective prayer and it includes some conditions. And the first one is relationship with Jesus Christ. Psalm 66, 18. You get it, understand it. If I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened to me. You hear that? If I have sin in my heart, cherishing it, loving the sin in my heart, knowing I have sin in my life and not doing anything about it to get repentance or forgiveness or just go on like everything's okay. If that's the way I am, the Lord's not even listening to me. You can deceive yourself and think he is, but he's not, according to the word of God. Said the Lord would not have listened. Verse 18, but God, can somebody shout? But God, but God has surely listened and heard my voice when I prayed. What he's saying is, I'm in relationship with God. That's why he heard me. That's why he heard me. Can you imagine the Lord uh, uh with a telephone line up in heaven, Gary, said, oh, it's got uh, caller ID. Oh, that's Ron. Don't answer it. Angel, don't answer it. It's Ron again. All he's going to want is everything about him. It's all about him. He's walking in willful disobedience. He doesn't care about me. He doesn't care about church. He doesn't care about anybody. He's selfish and self-centered, full of sin, and he's not going to come out. And so don't answer it. That's pretty rough, but that's the way it is. If you're hearing the scripture today, but verse 18, but God has surely listened to me and heard my voice when I prayed. Verse 20, praise to the Lord who has not rejected my prayer or withheld his love from me. Praise the Lord who has Is anybody glad God answers the phone when you call? He loves you. He's not going to reject you if you have a relationship with him sincerely. But how long will you go on playing games with God? You Can't manipulate God. You can't trick God as if you got amnesia. He knows where you are. He knows what's happening. Got to come clean. Somebody shout glory. You got to come clean. All relationships are vital, and look at this one if it doesn 't get a little rougher than this with God, it gets even worse. Uh, all relationships are vital in getting answers from God first peter three seven talking about husbands and wives. I wish I could have just left this one off, okay, but i got to preach the whole council of God. Amen. Husbands and wives, be considerate with each other, especially husbands. It says, all right, guys, are you ready valentine 's day is coming. this is for you." Treat your wives with respect as the weaker partner. No, nothing personal, ladies. That's the scriptures. Oh, see, they don't like that weaker stuff. Me too, you too. Join another club. As the weaker partner, as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life. Treat them like they are just as much full of value to God as you are. Right? Heirs in the gift of life, gracious gift of life. So that, wow, look at this. So that nothing will hinder your prayer life. You're having a fight with mama. Don't expect answers to prayer. You better get that thing right. That's why Paul said, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Every night before you go to bed, you better make it up. Make it up. Make it up. That's serious. The value of unity and relationship. So basically, the point is, if it's broken horizontally, it's going to be broken vertically. It's real. It's really, we're tied together. There's power in unity. And the church, look at Paul, the church, the relationship of the church. Look, the power of a praying church. Philippians 1:19, Paul says, For I know that through your prayers, talking to the church, talking to the church of Philippi, through your prayers, And the help given by the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me, will turn out for my deliverance. Paul puts the prayers of the saints alongside the help of the Holy Spirit. Said, because the Holy Spirit's helping me and you're praying for me, I'm going to make it. Is anybody glad for a praying church? My goodness, that's why we have altars. If you came today and you're needing a healing, a miracle, you need to get cleansed from sin, you need to get your heart right with God, whatever you need, I'm thankful Oak Grove has a place for you to get redemption and restoration and healing and hope. How many know it can happen at an altar in a church that cares about you, that's praying for you. It's serious. Turns out for his deliverance, he said. Look at Romans 15, 30. I urge you to the church at Rome by our Lord Jesus, and by the love of the Spirit to join me in my struggle by praying to God for me. Join me in my struggle. Join the Holy Spirit and the love of God by praying to God on behalf of me. It's quite humbling as a pastor. Melissa and I have been serving you many years, served another congregation that loved us, prayed for us. We had prayer partners. I've had people in the past pray for me. Some wake up in the middle of the night praying for us. Oh, I don't have time, but I'll give you one. I was in my office, Sister Ferguson. She's with the Lord today. She was, her and Bill were here. Bill was a retired military man, tall, distinguished. And he was a greeter at the door. He'd pray. His wife was my prayer partner, Sister Ruth. Sister Ruth prayed for me. One day she called the office and Carol says, Ruth is on the phone. Miss Ruth is on the phone. Hey, hey, Ruth. Pastor. Says, everything all right? I said, yes, ma'am. Said, this morning at 3 in the morning. 3 in the morning. I was up praying for you and Melissa. Said, you in my mind's eye. She said, I could see you burdened walking back and forth. I wasn't walking back and forth in the night. I was burdened. And what she don't know that my wife and I oftentimes do is in the middle of the night, when we go to prayer in agreement, we hold hands and raise it up to the Lord like that. Ever since we were first married, raise it up to the Lord. How many of you ought to raise it up to the Lord? Raise your prayers to the Lord. He hears them no matter what time of the day it is. And this dear lady, you know, she just kept going. I thought, well, that's nice of you to pray for me. She said, but you know what? She said, I saw you and Melissa in, in bed, and you raised up your arm like that together. You held her hand and put it up there like that. It was 3 a.m. I said, Sister Ruth, I got to go. I hung up, went in my bathroom, and wept my way into a freedom. You know why? God saw me at 3 in the morning, told Sister Ruth. How many believe in intercessory prayer? The power of a praying church that's pretty specific so your prayers shouldn't just be scriptural they should also be specific they should be specific we always talk about generics in prayer big old generics generalize everything and god wants us to be pretty specific how many believe god can handle your specific problem he knows where you are he knows your address right so whatever you ask in his name, believing, believe that you receive it and it will be yours. That's what he's saying. Have faith in God. Not in the answer. You have faith in God. Does anybody here today really believe that God wants to meet your need? No, let me see your hand. How many believe God wants to answer prayer? Up in the balcony, everywhere. How many believe he wants to answer prayer? Of course he does. Of course he does. It's relational God. He wants us to be uh, have our needs met. But it has to be a real communication. James 1, 6 through 8. When you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed about by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He is double-minded and unstable in all he does. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. You can't be two-sided, wishy-washy. It's not a hope and a wish. It's not a wish list. God's not Santa Claus. Are y'all hearing me at all today? We got to be really specific in scriptural, in relational, in prayer. These are conditions. Prayer is absolutely dependent on faith in the Lord. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must what? Believe that he is and that he is rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So, So we pray in faith so prayers actually produce results. It's the prayer of faith that focuses on God, not on the mountain. Not on the mountain. You'll say to this mountain, be thou removed. It's not about the mountain. It's about the God of the mountain. Amen. The God who made the mountain. So we get our mountains get bigger in our mind than our God. That's what happens. So the Bible never says to put your faith in any other object other than God or his Christ. And many have faith in everything else but the Lord. May our faith be in the Lord. And our faith is not in the answer to prayer, but in the one who answers to prayer, the God of the impossible. So we wait to hear a response from the Lord. It is conditional as we pray in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. How many know there's power in the name of Jesus? We pray in the name of Jesus. Uh, I'll tell you, it's imperative that we get that. That is the access. His blood was shed to open up a way for us, a new and a living way, Hebrews says. There's no access to God because of sin, but Jesus paid the price. Does anybody know the gospel? There's no other way. There's no other name under heaven whereby a man could even be saved other than the name of Jesus. It's because of the cross. It's because of the blood. I wish I was preaching to a Pentecostal church. It's got to be. There is no other name. You can pray to Allah. Nothing. You can pray to Buddha. Nothing. You can pray to Muhammad, Nothing. You have to pray in the name of Jesus. You, re- you receive when you pray in the name of Jesus. There's no other name. I'm not here to insult anybody else's religion. But that's what it is. Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ. The name of Jesus is all-powerful. There's not another name under heaven, not another one. He said, all power in heaven and earth and under the earth has been given unto me. And as the Lord has given it to me, he said, so give I to you. You pray in my name, represent me. Ask in my name and it will be done. That's serious. It's a condition. It's a condition. John 16. John 16. You can see that. Maybe you ought to turn there because you act like you're not believing me. Turn to the Gospel of John, verse six, uh, chapter 16, and uh, look at verses 23 and 24. 23, 24. If you there, shout amen. In that day, you will no longer ask me anything. I tell you the truth, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. What? That's a blank check right there. Whatever you ask in my name. Until now, you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. You understand that? There's power in the name of Jesus. Say, Pastor, you don't know my struggle. How many believe the name of Jesus can break every yoke and every bondage? How many believe Jesus can heal any, any ailment, any problem? He can do anything if we ask. So it's also... Praying in this, it's also spirited. It's not just relationship. It's not just contingent upon believing and receiving. We talked about that last week. It's scriptural. It's specific, but it's also spirited. In other words, it's passionate. The effectual, fervent, red hot, spirited, passionate prayer. Sincere prayer of righteous people avails much. Not the half-hearted, uncommitted, maybe, maybe not. But a person who believes with all their heart, praying, conditioned. I'm not talking about your personality or your posture. I'm talking about a spirit relationship. When we pray together, as as they did in Acts, we create an atmosphere of expectation, a prevailing influence, a powerful presence. His name is Jesus. Remember when Jesus went in to pray for the young girl? They had hired mourners, right? They had hired mourners, you know, to mourn. And um, and the Lord got in there, and they were all insincere. They were paid to mourn. How many know there's a lot of people paid to pray, paid to preach, paid to go to church? How many know it doesn't work that way? It's got to be sincere. Jesus said, all of you out, out, out the door, please. We're going to get down to business here. He said, Peter, James, John, come with me. Every doubter out, every believer in. And they began to pray, and that little girl rose up. Talitha Kumi, little girl, arise. How many know God can do that? If you eradicate doubt and have belief in Jesus' name, powerful presence. It creates a supernatural atmosphere. If everyone had the level of faith today that you have, how would the atmosphere be at Old Grove Assembly? If everybody had your level of faith, would we see miracles and signs and wonders? I'm just saying it is critical to believe for the supernatural. The New Testament church found Jesus irresistible. And because they found Jesus irresistible, when they shared him with everybody, they found him irresistible. Either that or they killed him. It was either all in or all out. It wasn't this gray area we have today. Well, it's hard to preach today, but I'm going to keep on preaching. There's a lot of gray area today. If everybody's a believer today, everybody's a believer today. It's gray area. How many know the the days that are coming? The gray is shrinking. I said the gray is shrinking. How many know the day is coming for the church? Whether you're going to either be in and believe or be out and not. Worldly or godly. No playing church. Serious stuff. Maybe somebody online is getting this. There was a community of people who shared the same mission, the same passion, right? They all expected to see healings and miracles. They expected to see their needs met. They expected to walk together in harmony and unity. If one hurt, they all hurt. If one wept, they all wept. If one rejoiced, they all rejoiced. How many know that's the spirit of the church? Together. Together. They weren't looking for comfort or convenience. They expected to take care of the needy, the real needy, the real needy, not the lazy. I said, not everybody who's needy is needy. There's a culture out there full of lazy people who are saying they're needy, but they're lazy. This will preach where other people believe this, but it's true. Expect everybody to give them everything, but you got to pray through. You got to get up and get get a life, go to work. I said, there are real needy people out there. There are really poor people out there, and God said, take care of them. But if you can get up, And you can ride your bike. I I saw a friend of mine the other day put a Facebook. A guy was he was picking up sticks. He had a bike, and he picked up sticks, and he put a whole bundle of sticks on his head and rode down the street. I mean, if you got the strength to put a bundle of sticks on your head and ride down the street, you ought to be able to get a job and go to work. Facebook is going to knock this off, but it doesn't matter to me. I'm going to preach it anyway. I'd like to knock Facebook off every now and then. It was greater than their, their. listen, they had an expectancy greater than their own town. And, and they were, it was catapulting them into risky situations. If we really prayed like we ought to pray, you know, we don't really, <laughs> when we really get down to praying, Miss Linda, I mean, really praying, we do it very quietly. Because if everybody knew what we really were praying about, we wouldn't want them to hear it. They were not looking for anything but the power of God. They expected people to come to Jesus. They expected to create an atmosphere. They expected for people to get filled with the Holy Spirit. They expected people to, to be baptized in the love of God. How I many know it's, it's okay to expect people to get saved in our day? It's okay to see miracles. Expect people to get healed. It's normal. But we've been away from it so long that the normal seems abnormal. Just like praise and worship. If nobody's going to praise and worship, then I'm not either. So we don't see the, the excitement, the, the spirited passion of church. It also impacts our culture. This creates a supernatural atmosphere. Acts chapter 3, Peter and John were on their way to what? To a prayer meeting. Prayer was so important to that new baby church. We're only three chapters in. One chapter past the book of Acts. Prayer was so important, they had a scheduled day of prayer. It was probably long before that. Even in Judaism, they were praying, praying to God. Hello? Prayer was a part of the church. And on the way, I wonder how many times Peter and John saw this guy, the lame man, the needy man, really needy from birth. He wasn't lazy. He couldn't, he was lame. Are y'all knowing there's a big difference between real people who have real needs and people are working the system. This man was real needy and they walked by him every day. But on this day, on this day, Rick, that man caught their eye and then Peter caught his eye and he looked down and that man said, give me some, give me some money, begging alms. Peter reached down and said, Hey, hey, look at, look here. Silver and gold have I nine, but such as I have. In the name of the assemblies of God. In the name of Allah or Buddha or Muhammad. No, no, no. In the name of Jesus, rise up and, and walk. And while he was pulling him down, he was pulling him up. He, was pull, he went down and pulled him up. And the Bible says that man came up leaping and praising God and going to the temple. And it stirred a risky mess. That's when they put him in jail. Remember our talk? This was the precursor to all the weeks we've been talking about and how they had to break out of jail just because they prayed in the name of Jesus. So God's not promising a bunch of convenience. But the day is coming where the power of God will visit the church again. The culture is going to change. we got to expect not only to engage Christ relationally, engage a church in unity. We have to, we have to engage a culture. This world needs Jesus. I mean, this is this is serious. Prayer is evangelistic if it ever was. It's missional if it ever was. We got to know it's bigger than just meeting your needs. So the New Testament, they they uh, the church prioritized prayer and set a time to pray three o'clock. And they prayed together. And they all wanted to share the burden of impacting the culture for Jesus. They made corporate prayer meeting part of the plan. How is our culture affected if we don't even have church on Sunday night? Half the congregation won't be back tonight. It's not important. It's just not important. I got too much today. I only got one day off a week. I mean, no, the Lord's day is the Lord's day. I don't care how many days you work. Right? If you need a Sabbath, you better take a Sabbath. If you work on Sundays, take another day. But worship and praise the Lord. Are you hearing me? They made, they made it a, 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 a habit. The behavior change. How many believe when a person gets saved, they come alive? How many believe that? The Holy Spirit quickens their mortal body. He makes a change in their life. They don't cuss no more. They don't do what they did no more. They don't go running around anymore. There's a transformation that takes place. The church needs that kind of transformation. It affects change. Their behavior changes. Their lifestyle changes. Their family changes. They become a blessing. Before conversion, they were no good. But after conversion, they had a life worth living. It is the conversion experience. Saul of Torsus was no longer Saul, a murderer. He was a man of God. Today we say, I'm a sinner saved by grace, so I'll just stay in my sin. God forbid, God forbid, that is a false thinking in the brain. That is conditioning yourself that you're okay, I'm okay, everybody's okay, you can't judge me, don't judge me. So we live in this light, light lighthearted kind of casual atmosphere where everybody's going to heaven. No, 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 they're not. No, they're not. Read my lips. Not everybody's going to heaven. Well, let me correct that. Everybody's going to go before God, but not everybody's going to stay there. I mean, you know, at the last day, every person's going to give an account to God. That's what's so powerful about it. You'll stand before God one second to feel the powerful love of God for one second. And then you'll either hear one of two things. Enter in the joy of the Lord or get out of my face. I don't even know you. So well, that's not a God of love. Yes, it is. How many chances, how many favors, how many blessings, how many merciful mornings is he going to give you? So that's not popular preaching. But Pastor Ron's coming up 10 more years before they kill me or I retire. I'm just people preaching it. When a person gets saved, there's a change. The conversion. Listen, before conversion, they had drugs, alcohol, abuse. This is death culture. But Jesus made the difference. If you're no different than you were when you first got uh, saved or or before you got saved, then what's the purpose of getting saved? What'd you get saved out of? If you're doing the same thing today as you did when you got saved, what is the purpose? Somebody needs to give Pastor Ron a clue. Because I think there ought to be a transformation. A metamorphosis takes place. Jesus comes in and the world and the flesh go out. Are you hearing me? Now it doesn't mean you're perfect. That's what James is saying. Elijah's not perfect. Elijah was a man just like you and me. At one time, he wanted to kill himself. He wanted to die. He thought this is over, over. But God fed him some cake and a little bit Hawaiian punch. Your brother revived and went on to be with God. What are you saying? Hey, get up, get it, get up, Elijah. You're not the only one left. There's there's seven thousand not bowed their knee to Baal. I don't know. The devil wants to get you either way. He'll get you when you're down. He'll get you when you're up. And he'll get you when you're alone. It doesn't matter. He just wants to ruin your life forever. We act like death is a cessation of life. Death is not the cessation of life. You will live forever. Somebody needs to hear this online. You will live forever. After you die, you live. The problem is not dying. The problem is separation. Where are you going to live forever? That's the ticket. You will live. Ask the rich man and Lazarus. The rich man called on the poor man, Lazarus. Go and tell my brothers it's hot down here. I'm tormented down here. He was alive. He had intelligence. He knew where he was. And he said, send the gospel message to my brothers. Don't let anybody come down here. We don't hear heaven and hell preaching anymore, but it's still real. I said the old timers used to preach heaven happy and hell hot. But today we don't want to do that. It's very offensive. God doesn't love you. Listen to me. God loves you. That's why he keeps telling you the truth. The church needs what God promised. We need a baptism of power. Can I hear hear an amen? I said we need a baptism of power. We need a baptism of wisdom. We need a baptism of love. We need a baptism of faith. We need a people to get back to their knees in prayer, in humility, in unity. Calling on the Lord in the name of Jesus. Baptism of faith and awareness of God's promises creates faith and excitement. Prayer burst a promise of God. The hundred and twenty Pentecostal people were asking, seeking, and knocking for ten days. Ten days. A ten-day prayer meeting that culminated in the baptism of the Holy Spirit being poured out and the church being birthed. And what came next? Not convenience, not comfort. Persecution, suffering. That's what happened. If you read the New Testament. In other words, they knocked until the door opened. If we don't, he won't. Last week I told you, turn the knob. You have a responsibility to pray. And the prayer of righteous people, listen, the effectual, fervent, red-hot prayer that creates an atmosphere for the supernatural, it will work. It's powerful. If you meet all the commands and all the conditions. So we must acknowledge the value of God's promises. We have to, his promises represent his care for us. God cares about you. He cares about you. That's why he opened up the line of communication. You don't have to worry. It'd be like those phone cards that run out of, run out of service. You run out of your time. No, 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 not with God. How many know it's unlimited service, but the first prayer he wants to hear from you is a prayer of repentance. Father, forgive me for living in sin. Then he'll say to you, go and sin no more. That makes sense. So turn the knob. The promises represent his character, his compassion. It it represents his concern and vision for your future. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, Peter said, give I unto thee. Peter had to own the miracle. I want you to get this. Peter had to own the miracle in faith before he can give the miracle to the man. Such as I have, I give to thee. I believe God can help you get up and walk. He had faith in God, that God could do anything. What's going to stop this man? He passed him by a thousand other times. What was specific about this time? The man was focused on the man of God, and he told him, encourage faith in the man's heart. He believed and rose up with healing. I don't know what you want from the Lord today, but I do know that God is powerful. Anybody here can... Say God is powerful in your life. Anybody see God work in your life a miracle or two? Of course you have. So let me just say prayer produces victory. When you get a victory perspective, uh, it, it overcomes everything. It helps to stay focused on the mission despite the uncertainties. For Elijah, he had got his miracle, got up from there, and God told Elijah, now go and anoint Elisha. You got a job to do. No reason for you to sit here in your, in your sin, in your stupefied state of unbelief. Get up and go anoint Elisha. I'm going to take you up and see if Elijah, if Elijah knew where he was going in the next flight. how I many know he had a flight he didn't even make reservations for. I don't know who's here and who's listening to me, but Max, I've got reservations for a flight. I don't even know when it's going to come. How many believe Jesus is getting ready to come and get his church? If there was ever a time for us to pray with fervency and belief and faith and not doubt, today is the day because we're getting ready to get out of here. And whoever's left is going to be dealing with the rest. I'm not telling you to go get in debt. But if you're in debt, leave the debt for the Antichrist. How many know we're ready to get out of here? God rewards the church that prays. God protects the church that prays. God provides the church that prays. Victory helps you know he can do it again. People say, oh, Pastor Ron, you church so outdated, so irrelevant. You still believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, speaking in other tongues and prayer and Bible study and having church and you're just not relevant. Listen, if relevant means I'm I'm, my character has to change, then I don't want to be relevant. I said, I'm not trading my character for your relevance. I'd rather have character and see Jesus than to be hip hop and hip. There's some grown men putting on tight skinny jeans, acting like they're 25 when they're 65. You know what? That's foolish looking. You keep your skinny jeans, I'm looking for the fat jeans. Something that's a little bit more comfortable I can breathe and preach in. So cool. Got the little pulpit with just just a little bottle of water it's on the side. It doesn't have this. It's a little different. It's so cool. Got the lights and the splash and everything's cool. Got a jacket on, so cool. Tennis shoes. Don't even match. Hair's all messed up. Let I me mean, look how silly I can look and just think you know, I'm cool. I really don't want to be cool if that's cool. I never could be cool. When I was a little boy, a teenager, I wanted to smoke. I couldn't smoke. I choked and almost threw up. Couldn't smoke a cigarette. So I I said, I can't smoke a cigarette. Let me try to chew. Let me chew, put the dip, you know, dip the stuff. I threw up. I threw up. It's It just took me in a whirlwind. All that stuff was too much for me. I just couldn't be cool. Aren't you glad cool is not a perspective for God to have for us? Like Christ is what he wants. Not everybody thought Christ was cool. They crucified him. So you keep trying to be cool, sir, ma'am. There's a lot of people trying to go to heaven. And your coolness is not going to get it. How I many know it's Christ. Not how cool I am, it's how awesome God is. And as the series comes to a close and the rapture is soon before us, I want you to know this. In the last days, perilous times are coming. This is not the day for the saints to be sleeping in their pajamas. This is the day for the saints to be wearing their armor of God. This is not the day to put away your sword and just forget that you have a battle. How many know this is a war on our hands? We gotta be prayed up. We gotta be ready. We gotta be ready. We gotta be prepared every day. Not some days, not just Sundays. We need God to send a revival. How many believe God said He's gonna promise us Two great promises. One's a great falling away. It's happening even now. Precursor. He still keeps his promise. Yes, the wax, the, 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 the saints' hearts are waxing cold. They're getting cold. But there's also another promise. Come on, somebody. I said there's another promise. Uh, God's going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. And young people will see uh, dreams and visions. Old people will see visions and dreams. God's going to work it out on women and men. And all people, young and old, are going to see and experience the power of God. That's simultaneous with the great fall away. There's going to be pockets of revival. I don't know about you, but I hope that revival comes right here. I want to be ready when the Lord pours out his spirit. I want Old Grove to be ready, prayed up and vigilant because we know there's an adversary trying to take us out before we can even catch it, catch a breath. God still keeps his promises. Lord, send a revival. Send times of refreshing on the faithful. Hopefully, as we studied this series, you may not start it out right. But listen, maybe you started out praying as a discipline. But my prayer was that you'd end up praying as a desire. You wouldn't go to your altar of prayer or your family altar as a duty. But you'd say, I can't wait to spend time with my Lord. It becomes a desire. It becomes a delight. Effectual, fervent prayer it has to be filled with faith, right relationships, a righteous, holy life, earnest uh, persistence according to the will of God in the name of Jesus with a pure motive it has to be bold and spirited and forgiveness has to be there. We didn't get into that. In agreement, the power of agreement, all the prayers prayed in God's will throughout history are stored up in bowls in bowls. Remember when brother Thomas came and testified for the COVID? He said he heard the prayers of the saints. I mean, no, that's real. That's real. Every prayer you ever prayed, every time you ever served God in any way, I mean, no, God's preserving all of that. He's keeping all of that for the day where he's going to reveal it all. It is going to come to pass. It will come to pass. The worship team is coming back. God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you've shown toward him in his name, in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. Listen, praying saints. Listen, people. Hey, every prayer you ever raised up is stored in heaven for you. It's stored in heaven for you. you say, well, I haven't received the prayer. Listen, you can be dead and gone on this planet, and God can answer that prayer later. God spoke to Melissa and I that there were going to be a revival in Springfield. A catalyst was to be started by this church. The wind would be starting here. The, f- the spark would be starting right here. And I'm still holding on to that promise. How many believe God's word is true and every man's a liar? So let them call us what they will. Outdating, irrelevant, non-cool. How many know when the revival comes and they have a real need? They won't be going to the play church. You'll be coming to the praying church. I said, they won't be going to the playing church. You'll be going to the praying church. The one that can get a hold of God. So listen to me. Those prayers will be answered. They avail much. They remain effective and alive in God's sight long after this life. And that word God gave to Melissa and I, we could be dead and gone. The timetable is not up to me. I'm not giving God an ultimatum. You got ten years, Lord, you better hurry up. God can send a revival in his time, in his will, in his way, and it may not even look like I think it looks. What if hypothetically, Chris, are you up here? Is anybody ready? All right, here we go. What if hypothetically the revival looks like something different than the past? What if what if a revival starts in Papua New Guinea, David and Amy? But yet, you prayed, you invested, you sent, and a revival started in Papua New Guinea that changed the whole world. You're still a part of that. I said, you're still a part of that. Do you see that? Doesn't have to be my way. What my perception is of my way doesn't have to be that way. So I want you to stand with me today. And I want us to forget. I want you to listen to me. I want you to erase eradicate any idea what you think your prayers should be answered your way i want you to put it out of your mind put it out of your mind whatever you ask god just say god here's my need you can provide for it in your time in your way your will be done your will be done in the name of jesus and i can promise you i can promise you this the lord We'll take care of it in the fullness of time Jesus came. How many know it is soon where He's gonna come again? So if you get the answer to your prayer before the rapture or after however, it doesn't matter, right? Doesn't matter. After the rapture, your prayer request won't even be relevant. Talk about relevance. What are you gonna need once you're in heaven? What don't we think our needs are so great? I'll take you on a mission trip and show you a few needs. Have you ever looked somebody in the eye who was really hungry? You ever saw a baby who was just born, left in the ditch, nobody cared about? There are injustices going on all over the world. But God, our righteous God, is going to take care of all of them. Don't you know it? Would you lift your hand to the Lord? Let's pray. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I pray, God, that you will meet us in this house. There are miracles in the house. I know there are miracles in the house. You've given us the word of God. You've told us, Lord, that the power of a praying people avails much. Our prayers accomplish much in this age and in the age to come. Our challenge is not being able to measure fully right now the extent of our prayers and the impact upon other people and the nations of the world. But throughout history, you have a record That the golden bowls are full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. God, thank you that the people are learning the power of prayer. We will not die out. We will not stop until every prayer is answered. Release, Lord, a generation to do greater things, to more complete things. Release some things in the spirit today, in the future, in the age to come answer some prayers in this altar right now God, do the miraculous help us to create a supernatural atmosphere because of spirited praying in Jesus name, amen if you need a miracle, this is the time, step out by faith walk up here, we'll be glad to agree with you for every need that's in this house come on, if you have a need bring it on up, bring it on up bring it to the Lord, if you need a miracle or you can make an altar right there where you are however you want to do it you want to honor the Lord with your faith, God will meet the need. For those of you who everything is good, James said, is any sick among you? Come, let us pray for you. If anybody troubled, come, bring it to the Lord. We'll pray for you. If anybody's happy, lift up your hands and praise the Lord, James said, because the prayer, effective, fervent prayer of righteous people avails much. We're going to worship the Lord together.